Coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for another episode of Tech Talk with your host, Joey Klein. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk. It's, uh, it's been a little while. There's been a lot of travel involved, but uh, happy to be back. And we have a really interesting guest today, Paul Rayleigh from Audality. How are you, Paul? I'm doing very well. Excellent. Um, so, you know, Paul, what, what I've been excited about um, in term, regards to this conversation is, you know, we have, obviously we do technology, right, with a capital T. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that is a very, very wide category with many different little subheadings underneath. Of course. And, and I think when a lot of people who listen to this think about technology, you know, they're thinking about the SaaS companies, um, you know, that are generally on here, um, no matter what industry they're in, marketing, fintech, whatever it might be. Um, it's rare that I get a true hardware company on here, and um, that's why I'm excited to have this conversation because I feel like, you know, you read the news, you look at who's being funded and sort of who are the entrepreneurial rock stars are that are written about. A lot of these are software companies, um, and what perhaps is goes a little bit unsung are a lot of really innovative hardware companies out there. So I'm very interested to hear your story and have you talk a little bit more about what you do. Well, thank you. Very uh, looking very much forward to giving you a little bit of an intro to our company. Yeah. So let's take a step back and just tell me about yourself, your background. Um, you have a very unique background in terms of the <laughs> industries in which you have worked. So true. Give me true. the bio. And sometimes it's uh, a little bit difficult to see how the thread comes together, but uh, laid out like this. Um, Came to Atlanta in 1980, uh, right out of university, and studied while I was in university uh, electronics and mathematics and physics and the like. But uh, along that way, developed a passion for audio. And uh, one of my uh, very influential professors uh, really uh, helped me a lot along that journey of getting involved in audio development early on, even as a hobby in university. And when I came to Atlanta, however, it was not audio at all that uh, brought me here. I came in the aerospace industry. So I started out with uh, Loral Electronics working on fighter aircraft and surveillance aircraft for the United States government. Yeah, a a far cry from what you do today. A far cry from what I do today. But I I must say, though, it was an an amazing and excellent uh, background for me to have, Uh, a very wonderful uh, training platform for me, and laid the foundation for a lot of what we're doing today. Okay, so, so, so take us through the journey. And, I mean, what draw the line from sure. military engineering to audio professional? Right, so I came out in, uh, in spring of 1980 when uh, there was a lot of need for embedded engineers and microprocessor engineers working in uh, high-end aircraft. I worked on the F-16. I worked on, uh, eventually worked, did some work on the F-15, F-14, a lot of those kind of aircraft and intelligence-gathering aircraft. So, you know, cut, got some chops, if you will, in doing microprocessor embedded design and uh, early on working in systems that were in radar fre- radio frequency uh, generations, if you will, and all this stuff was in the black world. Never knew how that would eventually connect. I did that for, oh, I would say eight years of my career. I transitioned into from an engineering and engineering management role at that time into a business development role in that same area. And about 13, 14 years in, I decided that I needed to diversify my background a little bit. And I went, uh, went out and searched and ended up with a position with Scientific Atlanta, 
where I went over to the satellite world, okay, get a little bit over in the commercial side. So I didn't have mm-hmm. all, all my background in the military electronics, where we did satellite communication equipment for a whole new generation of, of uh, satellites put up by Iridium, mm-hmm. satellite for the satellite telephone. We did uh, asset tracking and management devices. So we did a lot of radio work, a lot of wireless things, okay. Stayed there into the late 90s. And I was drawn away as my first entrepreneurial venture by a startup company out of Australia because in the, my time at Scientific Atlanta, I spent a good period of my uh, efforts overseas. A lot of international business, a lot of international work, and all around uh, developing technology and cutting-edge technology in, in radio communications. So went to, uh, went to one of these satellite startups, lured me over. We did that for a while. In 2003... I finally started my own company, an engineering product development company here in Atlanta. Okay, so you, you brought up something that I, I want to dig into. Are you, are you an entrepreneur by choice or by circumstance? Oh, no, by choice. Okay. Oh, absolutely by choice. It's, and, and that's something, you know, we can talk at whatever length you want. But I believe that's, it's, almost a, it's almost a gene, if you will, right? <laughs> well, 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 that's the thing, right? Yeah. Because, look, some, some people, it's such a gene that they can't work for anyone else, right? They start right from the point that they're in professional life. And for some people, it's um, biding their time until the right idea, right opportunity comes along. But the idea of forever taking orders from someone else, forever being a part of someone else's mission, is still anathema to who they are. Well, and that's, I, I think there's a piece of that. And, uh, but I also recognized that there was a foundation that needed to be established, mm-hmm. okay? And the connections that I developed w- around the world, the experience base I developed around the world could not have served me any better, and the timing was right, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, all along that way, I was continuing to, you know, as a hobby on the side, develop and audio equipment and, and uh, actually built guitar amps for our group and things like that just to keep my hand and things related in that space and uh you know just really watched for the right opportunity the right timing yeah okay so so let's dig into the the musical audio mm-hmm. side of you mm-hmm. so how long have you been a musician for oh i've i've uh, been a real hack at the guitar for you know probably 45 years okay yeah, yeah. Okay. music of choice oh I, I like just about everything yeah i just like and, and you know in, interestingly enough as we developed audality in the whole company uh, based around that. We'll get into that some more in a minute. I've been exposed to quite a lot. And uh, I even, we have quite a following in the heavy metal. I mean, the heavy metal world. And uh, interesting. So yeah. I've gotten exposed to things that I wouldn't have normally chosen. I, I can understand that I'm actually a big heavy metal guy. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So musician for a while. Um passion for audio and music throughout your life and mm-hmm. at a certain point you figure out that you can actually make this a part of your professional life yeah so yeah. we so i said that we started the engineering product development group in 2003 and and i just called it paul Rayleigh and associates incorporated and we developed products for all kinds of uh marketplaces but uh we did wireless communication devices that are used in oil refineries okay, okay? And uh, always, there's, the thread is always somebody comes to us with a real market need. And there we, we developed uh, uh, an interesting capability because of this satellite background that I had when I was at Scientific Atlanta. We did a lot of work with international satellite startups and developing new 
radios for their their new um, low Earth orbit satellites they were putting up. So we really started developing our little group, uh, a real capability in wireless and in in uh, cutting edge wireless connectivity. So along that journey. We were actually approached by a small guitar manufacturer out of the Northeast who serves mostly the folk music mm-hmm. community who uh, said, look, you know, we're crying out for something uh, wireless to uh, bring the level of quality. That was his whole problem at that point. You know, we don't have the quality that we need. And, of course, I've spending some time at a wedding reception and afterwards, you know, yeah. into the night we're playing good music. And it turned out that his his particular interest and desire was uh, fertile ground. We went out and did some market research. Spent about six months looking at what he was talking about, you mm-hmm. know. And basically, he was building six, $8,000 handmade acoustic guitars, but none of the wireless connectivity solutions for that instrument would were high enough quality for him to to get behind putting with his guitar. And, and for, for for those listening who are musicians, right, we're really talking about the difference of, okay, if you go and see your favorite band play live, right, there are a couple options, right? You've got a guitarist that takes a plug into his guitar and plugs it right into an amplifier, mm-hmm. or you've got a plug into the guitar that then goes to sort of a box that, you know, generally sits either on, you know, your jeans or your guitar strap mm-hmm. that is communicating with the amp. Right, right. And there was there were products like that out there. And this yeah. is what I, when he brought this to us, I said, hey, there are products, you know. He said, yeah, but I'm not happy with the products. And so we did the research. And what we saw early on is we said, okay, we can we think we can solve this problem. But our in doing the market research for that, we said there is such a broad market for something, for an ability to deliver audio in a high, you know, 24-bit audio that's uncompressed, okay? And that makes the difference. And so we went on a, we launched on a journey to do that. Okay. And so, so right, the the challenge is, can you have the same sort of fidelity not being plugged in? That's it. That's it. Right. Okay. So, so what does your product look like or do that is different from what was currently available out there? Okay, so basically uh, what we were able to do, and this was using some um, technology that just on the beginning edges of being developed when they approached us. So mm-hmm. it took a couple of years before we could finish developing that technology. But we actually sampled the audio, again, at a high, at 24-bit high rate, and we send it at a very high data rate stream that you can't accomplish with Bluetooth or Wi-Fi, and even the UHF and VHF, these are the other frequency-type radios that were out there, um, they, can't, uh, they can't do that. And so we're able to send a lot of inter- information and keep it all going over. And then when it receives, it's received at the little box that's plugged into your mixing board or your amplifier, mm-hmm. then we turn it back around and produce it as the full-spectrum full oh. audio that generated it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, and obviously we're, we're the, the examples that we've been giving right now are a very limited one of a guitarist. But right. Of course, this can apply to any sort of and sound. That's exactly right. So when we did the market analysis, and by the way, the, you know we we school a lot of entrepreneurs on this that have come to us with many many things. We've developed all kinds of products for people in the Atlanta yeah. area, and we always have the mantra is you know do 
you know, we would love to do this for you. We can do most anything you want. Are you sure that you can sell it and you can sell enough for it to be worth your money spent? Right. right. So we did the research on, the, you know, it was interesting, of course, because I'm a guitar player, but I thought, well, you know, that's a fairly narrow market. But when we got into it and looked and we said, wow, this, if we do this right, there's so many other markets that we can address with this. So once we brought the, we brought the first generation guitar system out, we built a few thousand of them and sold out. Okay. And uh, we, up, we have uh, turned the, uh, the, the uh, I would say, revised, if you will, the product. And the product that's on the market now on our website is called the M1. We incorporated uh, a lot of the features that our early adopters, you know, worked with us to say, Hey, make it do this. Can you have it do that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's still a product. We're not walking away from it. We just released the newest revision, and it's out there. But we immediately said, now we take this core technology, and this can do wireless speakers. This can do wireless headphones. This can do microphones. It can do a lot of things. Okay. And so are you, let, let's, you, you talked about wanting to develop something that the folks that you sold to could actually market. Mm-hmm. So are we purely a business-to-business company, or can consumers actually purchase products directly from you? Okay, so consumers can actually yeah. purchase products from us on our website, okay, www.audality.com. But uh, the model we have, the predominant model of the company, is that we are uh, seeking the OEM model, okay? Yeah. All right, and I've had much luck with that in the past, and... You know, our, our story there is there are plenty of companies who are now in discussions with us and adopting the technology who, who have been in a vertical market for a long time, okay? They're looking to take their products to the next level. Mm-hmm. They would like that wireless connectivity, but it doesn't meet their standards, what can, is available now. And those are the people that are starting to pick up. And we, what we do is provide that core technology. They can. So are you licensing the technology to them? Or are you actually providing them with a physical piece of hardware that is sort of, uh, let's take the you know, software term, it's a white box yeah, right, that right. they then go to market with and you know, it looks like they made it? Right. Excellent, excellent question. We actually serve both. Okay. okay? Um, there are plenty of the people at the table now that are simply buying what we call modules. Okay, so I went through the FCC and CE certification process and have those ready to go. And so they are actually buying the core radio transceiver, transmitter receiver products, and uh, we're doing some things for them. They buy them, and we help them embed it into their products. Okay, so there's plenty of companies that are starting to do that. We are in discussion with several volumes, and it tends to be on the higher volume mm-hmm. applications. That yes, but probably a licensing model will end up being the end of the day, and we help them all along their path as they move their products with this technology embedded. Okay, so from a, obviously, so you can license technology, mm-hmm. but you also, of course, have physical products that you sell. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So are you manufacturing these in the yes. state of Georgia? So we're, we're building, you know, our focus uh, from the day one on this is to build as much as we can here. Yeah. Okay. So, example, I, 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 I'm not... Uh, Going to try to drag things out with an anecdotal, but this is important. This little piece is You're the only one on the show, Paul. You got time. Okay, Go so one of the things that that when I spent my years at Scientific Atlanta, I finished up as the director of strategic business development for a whole division of Atlanta, and a lot of times it was evaluating companies like us mm-hmm. to see if we wanted to purchase their equipment, do we want to acquire their, maybe we want to buy the company. You know, let's have a look at them. And uh, the lesson learned for the years of doing this is. Don't just show up with a set of slides. 
okay? Don't come in here with a little piece. You sit on the table, and I go, what am I going to do with that? Okay, because that makes my sell to the CEO of a multibillion-dollar corporation that harder. Okay, so our, our whole focus was, you know what we're going to do? We're going to develop the product, mature it, manufacture it. We're going to put it in some products, start selling at some level, demonstrate the products, and say, there it is. Okay, mm-hmm. and when you show up with, as a matter of fact, we were at a guitar maker who shall remain anonymous, a major guitar maker. And we showed up, and uh, and we were showing them these things, and uh, the marketing manager was kind of looking at us in puzzlement on the face, and we knew that. So what's the issue? And he said, well, a lot of people come in here telling us about things. You showed up with product. We don't get that very much. Yeah. Okay. So that's impactful, and that's another message that we try to tell a lot of the entrepreneurs that we used to develop for, right? You've got to carry it to a point that makes it easy, for the people you're selling this to to realize their dream. And the best way to do that is to have it something sitting there working. Well, okay. that's okay. So, so me as a, you know, a sales guy in anything that I've ever done, right. I'm always interested in the process of how, mm-hmm. you know, one organization convinces another organization mm-hmm. to purchase their product, use their services. And, you know, with yours, it's when, when, when you and I first talked, you you talked about people coming into your showroom and basically saying, you can't unhear that. Okay? Right, right. And I, and I thought that was a fantastic phrase. But it relies on people physically coming in. And I'm just wondering, you know, how does that impact your sales okay, cycle? Okay, so, no, that's good. So yeah. we're reaching out now to a lot of uh, the majors in, in verticals. I have, a, I have a team of marketing and salespeople who mm-hmm. are out there, and that's starting to happen now. And they're becoming aware of us. Actually, some of the some of the calls we're getting, we're starting to see people scour the internet and find us and see yeah. that we're putting out products. And where did this technology come from? Then, to get back to your question that I went all the way around to get to, we build all of the circuit boards in the United States. We build all the cabinets for our speakers are all made up here in Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we do final assembly and test up in Lawrenceville and our at our R and D facility. We have. Uh, no less than six uh, uh, contract manufacturers that build for us in this area. So we keep a large amount of it here in Georgia. We keep almost all of it in the United States. Of course, uh, I'm a very honest person, so I have to tell you that anybody that tells you that 100% of any product made, period, is in one country is not telling you the truth. Okay, so there are components and things that are only made in certain places in the world. So we source those. Sure. Yeah. But as much as possible. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. We definitely fit the bill. We fit the, the standard of made in America. Right. You betcha. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, it's obviously hard to, can be hard to describe this sort of thing without, again, hearing it. Right. Mm. But, okay. Mm. So someone comes in, right, and hears music on your speakers. Or yeah. Let me, a, yeah. A, yeah. Like what, trying as much as possible explain. Okay, how, so how is the, it that different? Yeah, and so some of the things that impact right away is uh, we've encouraged people to bring in uh, what will happen. This happened a number of times. People will bring in a Bluetooth, little Bluetooth speaker, and they'll set it on one end of the room, and I'll have them, okay, play a song through it, and they'll play a song through it. And I'll say, now, uh, you, you, for your phone, you went to that one speaker. That's great. Now, I turn on four mm-hmm. speakers, and I plug a tiny little USB dongle into their phone. I said, now play it to four of my speakers at the same time. Well, right out of the bat, right out there, oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. I said, yeah. The other part is uh, 
walk, you can walk out the hall and go on the other side of the building, and it's still going to be connected. The, the range that we get is striking. Yeah. And then, of course, what they tell us is they're hearing things in the music, no matter what genre, that they just never heard before. Okay? They never heard it. They, I, I've actually had people come in. We, we've done a lot of um, target market test groups, if you mm-hmm. will. We'll bring certain age groups in, and we'll, sometimes we'll come in in the evenings, and we'll have wine and, and things, and we'll bring in uh, people of different demographics. And I've even had people come in, well, you know, I don't really listen to music much. Okay. And we set them down. And said, but if I need to talk to those, people. yeah, yeah, I know, right? right? So yeah. I said, okay, but if you do, what do you, what would you like to hear? And then yeah. I'll play it. And I actually had one individual do that, gentleman do that, and, and uh, he said, would you uh, mind? I mean, I don't want to disrupt things, but can can you play that song again? I said, certainly. So we played it again, and I think we played it three times before. And he said, I never, ever, ever knew. There was another guitar playing in that song. Okay. So, so uh, I'm sure you play the same game that I do, right? You can't listen to a piece of music uh, and generally not try and figure out as best as you can how many guitar parts are in that song. If you're a player, that's what happens, you know. um, your brain goes to the next part. I wonder if I could play that part. Right, yeah, right. right. And, yeah. and uh, you know, how, yeah, how, how many tracks are there? How many guys right. are doing what? Right, and, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I would say the, the other thing is, uh, and we have a lot of conversations like this. We're very blessed that a lot of the, we have some very interesting musicians that have come in to hear yeah. what we play and use our stuff. And, and one of the things that arises from all the discussions is uh, why is it that, Different people like different kinds of music. Usually it's because you're exposed to some music at a point in your life where it made an emotional connection with you. That's usually what it is, okay? Whether you grew up in a certain area, and a lot of times it's when you were teens, mm-hmm. very emotionally connected. And then what they, what everybody's telling me is I've re- that it, now I'm sitting here and that same feeling has just come back to me, and you know, and well, it's forty years ago, but there it is again. You know? Well, it's I, I feel like certain pieces of music. It's the same thing with I think movies mm-hmm. and food to a certain degree. It is, it is that it forms in your formative years mm-hmm. this imprint on your mind that can no longer that just can't. You know, it's I've had this conversation with a number of friends of mine that there are probably bands that we all listen to as adults that. Not that we would have hated it if we hadn't heard it till we were 30, but there's no way that we would like them as much as we still do if we hadn't gotten into them at 14. Well, that's true. I mean, that's absolutely true. You know, and then, I've, like I said, I've had the good fortune to meet uh, a lot of musicians and such that I listened to their music since I was very young. And yeah. so it's been fun. And just recently I had one in, and I'm not going to drop his name because I don't, I don't do that. I protect the guys. But let's just say very, very classy move. Yeah, yeah. And, and that and by the way, you learn really quickly if you want to meet more of these gentlemen and ladies. You you, yeah. you remain Keep that quiet. way, right? Yeah, I get that. But he's been in two of two of the top bands in history, and he was in about a month ago as he came to Atlanta, and he just sat there and and you know he said, "Wow, this is amazing! It's just amazing!" And so it's it's been wonderful to see the confirmation. Yeah, if you will, from the professional people. Now, we have not just done that with the performers and the songwriters, which he was one. We've also uh, done it with several studios where we've taken it in. Uh, we took the technology to New York, to the Avatar Studios, and spent an entire day there with a bunch of uh, professional musicians coming through. 
And uh, at the end of the day, the, the, the goal there, the musicians wanted to demonstrate they played uh, our wireless device with basses and guitars mm-hmm. and various instruments. Then they, they played it plugged in straight to their amplifier with the cable. Then they played with our wireless. And the Avatar Studios engineers recorded both. And at the end of the day, the, uh, the one particularly quiet engineer came up to me and said, we have a problem. And he hasn't said 10 words all day. And I thought, oh, boy, we're, you know, this has been a bust. And he said, he pulls up the two graphs. He goes, you, we can't tell them apart. You know, we're getting the files mixed up. He said, I mean, you guys have got something here. So it yeah. makes a difference. It makes a difference to these people. And then in the end, in the listening experience, just adds a whole other dimension. Well, I, I love, and, you know, this is sort of the, the music snob in me, I suppose. But obviously there are plenty of us out there. Um, the way that so many people interact with sound these days is off the crappy speakers in their iPhone. And, and that, yeah, I know. I yeah. Know. And, and you should hear the producers talk about that. Right. It drives, it absolutely drives them crazy. And they understand. I mean, they understand. As a matter of fact, that's part of what is good timing for us. Mm-hmm. Okay. They realize that this mobile device is just the way people are going to access their music. So how can we make that as good as possible? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so look, we've talked a lot about musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you make speakers, right? Spe- right? Speakers can be used for many, many different. Oh yeah, yeah, applications. yeah. We make one. One of the product offerings we have is uh, we decided to bring one out in this area because we've have matter of fact we've got uh, I'm lost count of the people, but we've got a particular individual who's been enthusiastic about us bringing uh, a set of wireless speakers out that he could do a wedding. Mm-hmm. receptions and things with and he does a lot of small venues small stuff and uh we actually took the technology and moved it into a microphone yeah that connects directly to this four speakers at once there is no mixing board there's no consoles there's nothing there's no wires anywhere and they can all day they can have speakers spread around as a matter of fact we added another capability so that you can have as much sound reinforcement as you need, as many speakers as you need. And that microphone will go straight to it. And uh, we added an extra special feature to that one we were able to do with the technology because of uh, the bandwidth. We actually were able to stream both the vocal, the, the microphone itself, but you can also plug right into the microphone adapter and, and run a soundtrack too. And some businesses are looking at this for pop-up events. Mm-hmm. They say, you know how easy this is when, you know, we're gathering the team of 200 together at this sure. giant big box store once a month. And, you know, we're dragging out all this stuff. Now they don't drag out any, you know, now you can just go to, you know, yeah. speakers, set them up five seconds, turn on the mic, go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would seem to me this can be used, of course, for venues, of course, for studios, right. but event spaces, corporate events. Corporate events. Well, yeah. and that's And that's exploding. Okay. So. Yeah, and and there's other things that we all have coming that I'm not going to talk about today. You know, okay. one of the things that's very important, but certainly leave open to tell you about as we come along. Okay, later on, but uh, one of the things that's also uh, goes hand in hand in the glove with this is you do not stand still. Okay, we are a research and development organization. We are developing technology. So everything we're talking about today, you see that's up on the website, and it's all. It is all mature and being offered now, but there's much more that we're working on. Um, a very good lesson I learned with a friend of mine from a cell phone manufacturer many years ago, mm-hmm. a major, is you have the one that's out today, 
Then you have the one right here. Here's a model of the one that's coming out in six months. Here's the one that's coming out in a year. And the last one he put on the, and he was like five levels down. The last one he put out was a carved wooden model. But you are always looking at the future. Sure. This is where we're going. So we're doing the same thing. Well, okay, so so that's that's an interesting point. Um, obviously, you're, there's, there are certain pieces of this that you're not going to tell me. But as you look forward, mm-hmm. What's the what's the bigger mission here? What's the end game? Well, we, we just we just want to be eventually we want Audality to be the choice for connecting music wirelessly. Okay, we're not trying to replace Bluetooth. We're not trying to replace Wi-Fi. Bluetooth was made so that you could eventually <laughs> at the at the onset. I, I want to be able to go to my printer without pulling the mm-hmm. USB cable. Out. Well, it's great for data communications. And kudos to the manufacturers for stretching its capability make it do audio and some other things but we're going to the we're trying to make it so the point where you want to really hear the audio that's you you hit that button for the audality okay so it would seem i'm going to put words in your mouth you can tell me if i'm right or not it seemed that your opinion of bluetooth is amazing technology great application for um wirelessly communicating different pieces of data to you know to mm-hmm. separate sources not gr- but okay easy for audio in terms of applicability, not high fidelity for audio. Yeah, yeah. And 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 again, I'm I'm one of these you'll you'll never hear me slamming any competitor or yeah. any competing technology. Uh, I mean, if by any stretch of the imagination it's been successful. Look at the millions and millions of them. Sure. So, but it's I, just I, I, not I didn't take this as a dig. Right. Yeah. It's just not ideal. Okay. Sure. The modulation scheme adds noise to the thing for one thing and then it does not have the uh it just does not have the bandwidth to send the data that we do yep. and to maintain that i think it's all compressed so and then wi-fi suffers uh a little from a few other things not the least of which you're trying to use it to send your emails on it and you know it's a shared highway okay yep. and what we've done is its own network its own secure network i might add and uh just for sending audio doesn't do anything else that's it yeah okay yep. okay um okay so if someone wants to find out about your products mm-hmm. right um, so you have a website right audality.com right a a u d a l i t y okay um and it sounds like you have somewhat of a showroom if someone actually wants to come and so in my Atlanta area and and uh come in and matter of fact we have people now are coming from out of state traveling is happening now yeah so people come in, and yes, we'll, we'll have you in. You can come in where all the nitty-gritty things are done, but we have all the products set up so they can experience it. And uh, we can discuss, you know, what can be done to put it in their products too. Yeah. So it's it sounds to me like you don't necessarily, uh, you know, like some restaurants, they have like a wall of celebrities. doesn't <laughs> sound like you've got anything like that. They just live in your head. Well, no. If, if you do go on our website, yeah. you will see that we have about 160 um bands and, and musicians in our ambassadors okay. program already yeah it's just some of the names i'm talking about are you know that are are big names you know they're coming in to see what's happening to check in yeah. and and they're so impactful uh we did just announce that uh um i think this is i'm i'm clear to do this now because i know that the uh the marketing team have already put it out there and we're and our agreements are moving in in place but we just signed a a, a very uh impactful producer songwriter musician out of new york who's uh 
now starting to move with our products. He's actually he's actually doing an album right now and utilizing our products in that production. And that's Jerry Wanda, the Fugees. Okay. Oh, that's great. Right and right, and he's and he we exposed him to what we're doing. Uh, he's using them in his studio now, and he is just all about this. Okay, so we're bringing on names like that that are gonna you're gonna hear more about in the coming months. That, yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great pedigree right there. Yeah, not yeah. Bad. yeah. All right. Well, Paul, thank you very much for coming on, sharing your story, and uh, thank you to our guest sponsor, Trevolino Keller, for supporting the show, and thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you for having us. 